I'm excited to be chatting with Christy Cameron today. Christy is truly inspiring and fun. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by FastTranscripts.com. Now, as a homeschooling mom for 25 years, one of the things I was most worried about was transcripts. After all, I knew my kids needed them for college. Yikes! For many homeschoolers, creating a high school transcript can be a daunting task. Fast Transcripts makes the entire process easy. Just go to their website, enter a few details, and you're done. Their software catches 700 common mistakes and practically does the work for you. You can also e-file your transcript directly to any college or university. Go to FastTranscripts.com for a free trial and see why 20,000 homeschool moms love and trust Fast Transcripts. I also want to thank Pray Every Day for also being a sponsor. This is an amazing podcast from my friend, Mary DeMuth. Mary walks listeners through the Bible verse by verse. I can't tell you the number of times Mary's prayers have been exactly what I needed for that day. Praying for others has been one of Mary's greatest joys, and you can tell. You can find Pray Every Day on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your Alexa device, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now, let's dive into this chat with Christy Cameron. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome to Walk It Out. And I have a guest who has been here before, and I am so excited to talk about all the new things she's doing. So let me tell you a little bit about Christy Cameron. She's a vintage-inspired storyteller, writing both award-winning historical fiction and Bible study. So that's really, really historical there. Um, She served as a women's ministry leader and speaks at events across the country, encouraging women to experience a deeper life in the word through verse mapping, which we'll be talking about today. Her work has been named to the publisher weekly religion and spirituality top 10 library journal reviews, best books, RT reviews, choice awards, and she's received other awesome awards, including she was a 2020 Christy Award finalist. All the good things. Welcome, Christy. Hey, thank you for having me. And since that was actually brought to you, we actually won the Christy Award, which was a huge surprise. So, oh, so cool. <laughs> so which book won the Christie Award? My last novel, The Painted Castle. Okay, I have not read that yet. I've read some of your other books, so I'm excited to get into that. You know, I always think because uh, we're home more that I have more time to read, but then all these kids just want to play games and <laughs> do all these things. But I'm excited to read that book too. 
<laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, we have three kids in our home. Not the exact same situation that you have, but I am with you with all the games and the Marvel movies the boys want us to watch and all of that. So I get yeah, it. <laughs> I know. We're, we're still like Googling like what other movies can we watch with our kids <laughs> that we haven't seen before. Exactly. <laughs> but that's okay. We're, we're going to look back at this with fond memories, won't we? Yes. Yes, we will have a lot of memories. Uh, I mentioned before that one of the first things we did in 2021 is we all and our family learned how to play chess. And so now we're having like these chess tournaments that, that who would have thought? And we're only eight days into the new year at the time of this call. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I've heard that chess game, like chess sales of chess boards and books are up like 600%. So I think your family is like on this trend of this thought provoking <laughs> quiet game. I'm not surprised, but I'm not really cutthroat. Like you want to play Monopoly with me because I'll be like, oh, okay, you can just pay me next time. You know, like I am probably going to lose. And it's the same way with chess. My husband said, no, that's the move that you're going to make. You have to take the night and take me out. And I said, I can't, I I love you too much. I can't do that. And so I don't think I'm a very good chess player. Exactly. That is so funny. I don't have the killer instinct. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, we play a lot of games, especially my older boys who are adults. One's married and they come back and um when i can beat them in a game i mean they're, tw- they're what's see 26 and 31 now i'm like so excited because <laughs> their skills have far past mine it's it's quite uh, yeah quite an accomplishment <laughs> oh i love that all right so i know today well i mean this whole podcast isn't going to be about board games but uh, what i am like super excited to talk to you about is verse mapping and the verse mapping bible so i know last time we talked you came on and you talked about your bible studies and verse mapping and so it is so cool that you are part of this bible so i would just love to hear like how that all happened and i mean to to be part of working on a bible and multiple bibles cuz i know there's like ones for young women is just so amazing that god has given you this opportunity I hope that your listeners have an opportunity to go back and listen to the first chat that we had about verse mapping, because that does give a little bit of the heart piece that is behind, you know, how did I even come to verse mapping and, and that kind of thing. But I can answer that question by saying that my dad's Bible is really important to me. And it was mm-hmm. an important part of this process to get to verse mapping Bibles. And when my dad was saved at 60 years old and and baptized at 60, he only had two years before he went to go see Jesus face to face. And so he ended up uh, passing away from leukemia. And so we had this gentle goodbye for now. But after he passed away, I got my dad's Bible and I had no idea the legacy of faith that was in that Bible that there are highlighter marks, bread, a breadcrumb trail, if you will, of his relationship with Jesus. And I have that. And to this day, now seven years later, I won't touch his Bible with a highlighter because I want to see what was that relationship, right? What was that relationship with Jesus? And that was really the heart and the inspiration behind the verse mapping Bibles, and especially having additions for adults and for girls with the hope that families could learn to love scripture together and research and verse map together as a family. And post pandemic, I mean, that's a situation where we're talking about chess and board games and how that happened. The same thing with homeschooling families who've been doing this for a while, but now we're like homeschool parents and worship centers in the living room and and things have dramatically changed. 
Yeah. And I love that it's something that families can do together, but it's also, it's a place for you to leave a legacy. So maybe for those who don't have kids at home or maybe their kids are too young. I mean, I think it's so important when we're jotting down those notes, like you said, when we're highlighting things that we know someone else will have that to look back to. And I have my grandfather's Bible who had only met twice um, because I didn't know my biological dad growing up. And so I was in my 30s before I met my grandfather, and I got to meet him twice. And I'm one of the few Christians in the family, which I think also is amazing that his legacy he didn't even realize was passed on to a grandchild he didn't even know for so many years. But I got his Bible and I got his sermons. He was later in life, he planted two churches and he was a preacher. And to have those and see his handwriting, even this person that I didn't know well, and to know that God continued that legacy, like even though he wasn't, and my grandfather was an active part of my life is so amazing. I think it's so important um, for, again, passing on the legacy. And I do love that the the first mapping Bible has lots of space in the margins for you to leave notes and prayers and things. Um, but also for those who do have kids at home, that we can use that to train our kids how to study the Bible. Because I remember no one ever taught me how to do that. Yeah. And part of the inspiration for that as well was I have this memory, this mental picture of walking in my home office one day and I saw a notebook and a pen and a a little Gideon's Bible, you know, like one of the little ones that you get at the hospital when you're born. And and I asked our youngest son, I said, "Well, well, what is that? And he said, well, mom, it's my verse mapping notebook. And he was young at the time, maybe, I don't know, five, six, something like that. So he wasn't even really writing a whole lot. He obviously wasn't verse mapping, but I didn't realize he was watching me. He was watching the time that I was spending with the Lord and he wanted to participate in that. And I've never forgotten that mental picture of just the notebook and the child's Bible on the desk and that he was setting it there in a place where he knew I spent a lot of time and he wanted me to see that he was interested in doing this with me. That really sparked my heart. (laughs) I love that so much. I do remember the time when my daughter was probably a preteen and I would always come down in the morning and have my coffee or tea and have my Bible and notebook. And one day I came downstairs and she was sitting where I usually sat with her (laughs) cup of coffee and her notebook and Bible. And it is, I mean, they see that, they watch that. And now, you know, she's a missionary and in Europe and it's just like, okay, those seeds that we're planting, even you know, maybe before they take it on as their own, um, they see us and they're watching what we're doing. And it was also really important to us that we made the maps that are in the Bible. So we have 350 of them, but we wanted to make them the same maps in the adult and the girls version. So again, that families could map the same verses together. And that experience would be what you remember. Yes, you remember the verses and the Bible stories, but you also remember that experience of what it felt like to be in God's word with some of the people who you trust most in your life. Oh, I love that. And okay, I want you to explain the maps. Um, and I have, I don't have the Bible yet, which I'm super excited to get because um, they're not released yet But when we're <laughs> recording this. But I did, there was a sample and I did do the verse map for Genesis. And I remember sitting there and, and taking notes and then through the day telling my husband, did you know that this word really means this? And, um, <laughs> and just, and I thought about, in fact, I told, told my kids later during homeschool, which now of course I want to do it with them <laughs> during homeschool. But I remember telling them, you know, Adam and Eve were walking with God and Eve, it says she desired wisdom. That word means she desired wisdom and she wanted it immediately. 
and she wanted it, you know, the way that, that Satan told her to get it, but she could have got it from that relationship with God. And I just remember telling my kids that, and it was all from doing this Bible mapping in my Bible in the morning. So, um, so I'm telling you, I love the design, but explain for those who have never heard of it, what the first map includes. Yeah, the verse maps. And, and if you want a really good kind of background, step by step, how do I do this verse mapping thing? Because there are five steps to it, but we don't have a lot of rules. We didn't want to make it too much, but you can go to versemapping.com if you want some context around that. But there are five steps. And so the steps, the first one is to select your verse. And what verse do you want to learn and hear from God today? That'll be your verse and you write it down. The second step is to look at the design of the verse. And so you will look at at words and phrases that are repeated. And Trisha, we're wordy girls, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so we love that kind of thing. And we notice that kind of thing, but it's really looking at what does this verse say across the multiple translations? And then the third step is to further develop the root meaning of that verse. So the context through the Greek and the Hebrew. Now that might right there block some of your listeners and say, "Uh uh-oh, you said Greek and Hebrew. I'm a little nervous about that. But two things. The first one is in the Bibles themselves, we have completed the first three steps for you. And I have to Mm -hmm. be honest, it was a blessing for me to get to partner with our fabulous editing team at Zondervan because we made sure that we had theological review that went through all of these maps. So you can rest assured exactly what you're telling your children (laughs) is the correct information. But then the fourth step is where you would then step in as a parent and map with your kids. And the fourth step, if you can pick a favorite step, this is my favorite one from a storyteller's perspective, what actions develop the story in this verse? So what's happening in this verse to whom? And it's even looking at what's happening off stage so to speak, Mm -hmm. on stage in this verse, but off stage in the verses and the chapters that come before and after your verse. And it's digging into the context of, for example, in the book of Acts and a first century world, what would it have looked like, sounded like, tasted like, felt like, what would it have felt like to live in a first century world? And your kids are going to love the opportunity to make the story come alive. And Trisha, the way that we describe that often is think about your favorite movie. What's your favorite movie? Is it a really compelling storyline, memorable characters? Is it cinematography or a beautiful soundtrack? Or is it all of those things that came together that just pulled you into the story of this favorite movie? It's very similar to this fourth step of the actions of making scripture come alive and actually stepping into the story. And then the fifth step is the outcome. And this one should be Super simple to jot down, literally like one to two lines on a post-it note. This is what God taught me. And this is how I plan to use it in my life. But it's actually a little harder on the implementation piece, right? (laughs) To actually take what we have in scripture and then put it into action in our life. Yeah. And, but I, but I think that's where, I mean, our change happens. Our life change happens when we, of course, we, you know, want to learn about these verses and learn what they mean. But then that outcome step, what is God saying this to me today? And how does this apply to my life? It does just asking those two questions <laughs> makes you stop and think and then think through. I always think through, okay, if this is what I feel God is implying, asking me to apply to my life, how can I walk that out? Of course, this podcast is walk it out. How can I live that out today? And not just like, oh, yeah, this is something good I need to do. But I think it's so important as we study scripture to then apply it and to figure out how we walk it out. And I love that, you know, we're learning, we're 
picturing it, we're sensing it, and then, okay, let's make this alive in our everyday life, which I think is so wonderful. Your gift of, you know, of course, the Bible study, but the storytelling as you're teaching people to develop these stories. And then, okay, now what we're going to, what are we going to do with this? And it's very similar to what we do in fiction. It's taking history. So that fourth step, the actions, you are looking at each verse through the lens of history as it was at the time it was written. But then it's the fifth step where you're walking it out that you're changing the lens and you're putting that piece of scripture through a 2021 lens, which makes it applicable to our lives today. But it's similar to what we do with fiction, right? Like you're taking a fact an aspect of history and you're wrapping a story around it to, in a sense, as a reader, find yourself in that story. And so it's very similar to what we do as fiction writers. Oh, I love that so much. And even thinking about the application I got out of that first verse where it talks about Adam, I mean, Eve looking at the fruit and wanting to be wise and um, thinking about how that applies today in 2020. And I thought, you know, we could go to media and we can go to all these places to get knowledge, but wisdom comes from walking with God. And that's what I really thought about is like just reminding myself that it is that diligence of sitting before God and getting wisdom from him because the knowledge, we don't even know if the knowledge is true or not, which everything has a spin, but true wisdom comes from God. Very true. I have looked and looked and looked, and I still haven't found the word social media in Genesis. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, could, it's be not there. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure it's there, but wisdom is all through the Bible. And so I love how you framed that, that yes, we can put wisdom and apply that to our 2021 lives. Yes. And so I love, so now, you know, we talk about the, the first three steps are done. Um, and you said there's 300 verse maps throughout the Bible. So how did you choose uh, which verses to map out? So there are, there are actually 350. And then we have some blank maps in the book as well, oh, good. Uh, in the Bible as well. But we also have a verse mapping Bible study journal, which has verse mapping 101, if you're new to it, and it also has blank maps. So you can go on your own journey if you want to do an entire book of the Bible, or you want to do something that's more thematic in approach. Maybe you want to look at wisdom, or you want to look at hope or relationships or faithfulness of God, anything like that. You can do that with the blank maps. But how I love that you asked that question, Trisha. I wish I could hug you right now um, because, <laughs> because I mentioned my dad's Bible. And for me, by the time I actually clicked send on the last bit of work on editing this Bible to my editor, it had been roughly an eight year process from the oh, time wow. that my dad from the time my dad was saved and baptized and then went to be with Jesus. And then the journey that I began as a storyteller, he never got to see my first novel. And now I'm on novel eight, eight nine and 10. So my dad never got to see my first novel, but it was almost this journey. Like my dad was with me, both my dads, if I can say that my heavenly father and my dad, who's in heaven, they both were with me. And we selected many of the verses, not all, but many of the verses that my dad had highlighted in that Bible in his study time with Jesus in the last two years of his life. So that's how we selected many of the verses that his relationship. So it almost felt like doing it together. Now, my daddy didn't love Leviticus. So we did have to, (laughs) (laughs) big surprise, we had to pick some verses in there. But of the the books that he really did love, uh, we made sure that he was a part of that process and how he studied with Jesus was there too. That is so cool. And I just love, I mean, I love hearing the stories behind the stories um, to know how God is just using us in 
I mean, first of all, it's just so amazing that, you know, your father came to know Christ. But even in that short time, his legacy is just going on and impacting so many people and so many families. I mean, God is so good to do those types of things. (laughs) And I was surprised as anyone that what I had initially started doing verse mapping when I left corporate America and became a, a fiction writer and storyteller, I was only ever doing it just to spend some time with Jesus. Mm. And then now to see that we have for the first time when I did the Bible studies, that was really the first time from a nonfiction perspective that I actually talked about our family and talked about our experience. Trisha, you, you write fiction too. So you can tell me if I'm right about this, but if the Lord's working on my heart in an area, I can very often layer it in a character, in a novel, Mm -hmm. and no one will ever know unless I tell you. But nonfiction and a Bible study is very different. It's authentic just in a different way. And this project for the Bibles felt the same way for that because it was taking just, I just wanted time with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, here we are. (laughs) And other people are experiencing time with Jesus in the same way. We had no idea at the start of this journey that it was going to take us where we are today. That is so cool. I think it's so cool, like in both areas with the fiction and the Bible studies, because I get this question all the time. And I know you do too. Like, well, I thought you were a fiction writer, or I thought you were this, or I thought you were a parenting author. I mean, it's like people want to just put us in, you know, okay, you're, you're a fiction writer, you're a Bible study teacher, you write nonfiction books or whatever. They want to just put us in a box. But I, I found like, well, that's all part of me, um, you know, because I, I parent and I've adopted kids and I write novels, but I also love to speak and talk about the Bible and talk about our relationship with God because that's all part of me. And I think it's an amazing opportunity when I could do all those things. And I love how, you know, your love for Bible study and spending time with Jesus, but also your love for fiction, like you're able to do both and God's able to use these different aspects of ourselves to reach people and to draw people to him. Trisha, I think you bring up a really good point about calling and the calling on our lives. I received some advice from a pastor years back, and he said, be careful about identifying your calling with a job role, such as Mm -hmm. I'm an author. And it has proven true, and especially in what you just said. That's why I try to say that the Lord has called me into storytelling, into ministry, in this, and I write from a space where history and art and faith intersect. Because really, everything that I do, writing fiction, nonfiction Bible studies. I've been a women's ministry leader. All of those things still fall into that space. Mm -hmm. And so the calling is the ministry in that space, but it's not a job role. And I don't know if you have a lot of aspiring authors who are listening, but if you do, that would be a piece of advice that I would pass on that someone gave to me is that your calling is a ministry space with God versus just identified by a job role. Yeah, exactly. Because I I just did this. um, My online group is called uh, Write That Book. And I mentor writers. And I just did a live Facebook Live with them recently. And I said, you know, I love Henry Blackaby. And what he's always said, you know, see where God is working and join him. And if we were just thinking like I'm a novelist, then he might be opening doors over here. And we're like, well, no, wait, I have to work on my next novel or have to do this next thing. And really, it is so true. It's just following where God leads us. And, you know, sometimes I mean, we'll definitely see familiar themes, but sometimes what he calls us to is completely different than anything we had imagined before. But that first step might be leading to the next step that can be something completely different. And I love that, you know, that pastor gave you that advice too. just keep following God where he's leading and don't even give ourselves titles. Yes. 
Yeah. And, and honestly, it's keep saying yes to God yes. Uh, for, for our family out of the pandemic and everything that we experienced in 2020. And I would have wonderful friends who, you know, you, your friends come to you and they say, how can I be praying for you today? And many times I would say, oh, we've got this going on, or I've got this on my heart, or I'm really struggling in this area. I stopped saying that in 2020. I started saying, if you don't mind, could you please just pray that I would obey? Just please pray that I'll just keep saying yes to God, wherever it takes me, whatever it is. I just need the courage to say yes. And I think that is very similar in that calling space. Just keep saying yes to God. Yeah, because I know, I mean, at least in my life, the things he calls us to do often seem overwhelming and like <laughs> we are incapable of achieving them. And, um, you know, so many times, I mean, people say, well, how did you, you know, come up with the whole idea? And it's like, you don't start with the whole idea. You start with the first little yes to God. And then you find the next step and the next step. And um, did you feel that way too? Like overwhelmed often with the things that he was asking you to do? At times, yes. Um, and, you know, we all have our own insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all have our personal insecurities that come along with our makeup and with who we are. Like I'm a mega introvert. Many people don't know that because I do get out on stage and I love storytelling from the stage and I love talking about Jesus, but I was a corporate trainer for 15 years. And so that's almost a vocation, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm kind of used to doing that. But most, many people would not know that I'm an introvert and that it's really hard for me to be vulnerable and to mm. put myself out there. And there are some job roles such as being an author <laughs> where yeah. you put yourself out there and you're in this super vulnerable space, almost like an artist. And you're putting your work out there to be appreciated and to be enjoyed, but also to be judged in a way. And so I think, yeah, just depending upon where you are um, in your walk with the Lord, um, some things can bubble to the surface. And we all definitely have insecurities. I mean, I have them. I'll be real about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. walking it out here today. I'll, I'll be real and say I have them too. Just because I'm working on several novels down the road doesn't mean that I don't still have some of that. And I think that's actually a good thing, even though yeah. it's hard. It's a good thing because it keeps us rooted in a place where we're relying on God for his strength to get us through instead of the other way around. Yes, absolutely. Well, we've been talking about fiction. I want to hear what you've been working on. Um, I know that you, I mean, we have the same type of love for like World War II and history <laughs> and all these wonderful settings. So tell us what is coming out next from you. You know, I'm just going to put this out there. Someday, maybe, uh, Trisha, we can have a dream that we will do a World War II novella collection. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, yes, yes, please. I would that was, love that. That was recorded live, friends. <laughs> um, but I do also have this great love uh, for World War II. And it comes from the stories. I actually wrote about this in The Painted Castle. My grandfather was a B-17 co-pilot in World War II. And so I have these memories of going to reunions for the 390th bomb group. And I have, mm -hmm. I wish now, I wish I could go back and ask him more questions and and listen in on the stories that were being told and, and the heartbreak and just the depth of what we went through. But for years, since I wrote my first novel, now down the road, I still feel called to write from this space where it's some of the deepest, darkest points in our world history yeah. and God, God's light comes through the darkness. And so that's why I wrote my first books about the Holocaust and Auschwitz and why I've kind of bounced back and forth into some spaces in history where 
people are excluded or feel rejected, such as I wrote about the Ringling Circus. And you can think about this very eclectic group of performers who would come from different backgrounds and really weren't accepted by society. And what where's the light out of that darkness? And so my novel that comes out February 16th is called The Paris Dressmaker. And the easiest way I can describe this is resistance meets runway. So it's mm-hmm. fashion and fine art and Coco Chanel. And it is a dressmaker who actually begins to defy the Nazis and work for the French resistance. So she's dressing Nazis uh, by day and at night she is working with the French resistance. And the, the novel takes two characters through this journey from the beginning of the Nazi occupation of Paris in the summer of 1940, all the way through to the liberation of Paris. So it's this four year span. And it became, the novel became something I didn't expect. And Trisha, I know that you get that. Like we start a novel and then all of a sudden the Lord does something. And then the story just kind of becomes what we didn't expect it to. And that happened with this novel. It became so much more than fashion and fine art. It became the choices that we make mm. in life and particularly the choices that were put upon women in Paris. And it wasn't ever hard and fast and, and black and white choices. There were so many overlapping areas and shades of gray and you never had a promised outcome. It was just try to do the best you can stay with God and make a decision. And then what's going to happen. And I will tell you, there are no spoilers here, but I will tell you There is a scene that is probably my favorite scene in the book, and it's late in the book, but it is because for a character who held fast to God and who had integrity, and it still didn't work out the way Mm. she hoped and thought it would. And for me, that was almost a metaphor for 2020, you know, like we're, we're holding to God, but things were unexpected and they still didn't work out like we had hoped they would, but God is still good all the time. And that's what we wanted to really show in this novel, the light versus the dark, the color versus the colorless and beauty that is in this kind of juxtaposition, like right next to war and how those kind of play off each other. Oh, I cannot wait to read it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope I get an early review copy or something. Hint, hint. No, but it sounds amazing. And I, I mean, I've read some, um, I, one of my books I've written with Mike Yorkie is um, Chasing Mona Lisa, which is about stolen art and what if Mona Lisa had been stolen during the war. So we you know, do a little bit with um, spies in Paris and art and a chase yeah. and all those, but just even researching, I mean, the life, their lives were hard. It was very <laughs> hard years for them. And even um, the men that I am interviewed at World War II reunions, which I love that you were able to go with your grandfather. <laughs> yeah. So amazing. But they had, um, they landed um, right around the, in France, right around the time of the liberation of Paris, of Paris, and they were at the outskirts before they headed up to Belgium and the Battle of the Bulge. But just, I mean, just touching and knowing men who were like right there is <laughs> just so yeah. amazing. But um, I just love that you're able to bring the hardships of those in Paris, but also the underground and all they were doing to light. Because, I mean, any person we meet that lived during that time, we could write a novel, and I bet you would agree to, around their experiences, because so much was happening that often history books don't even talk about. 
Yeah, and I, I go back to my first novel and when I interviewed um, an Auschwitz survivor and she and her twin sister, they were actually uh, twins, Mengele's twins. So the young children who actually had the medical experiments that were performed on the twins, they survived in Auschwitz. And I remember one of the things that she said to me was that everyone's war was a personal war, like was your own yeah. war. And, and she said, because I asked her the question, did you remember hearing the orchestra playing in Auschwitz? And she said, you know, it's, it's really interesting. She said, my twin sister said, well, of course, you know, I, I heard the orchestra. I heard them playing every day. And she said, I never once heard the orchestra and we were side by side the entire time. Oh, and wow. that, from, I know it was such a picture of whatever we experienced, whether it was World War II or whether it is a pandemic, every person, every life, every family is experiencing their own walk through that. And it's very similar to what I'm writing now. I'm writing another novel. Um, it's set in Italy in World War II in 1943. And I am pairing a ballet dancer together with something that actually happened at a hospital. Um, I'll, you'll, you'll see this on social media later, but um, it was something that was actually a plague, a fake plague that was invented by these brave doctors and hospital staff to fool the Nazis. So that they would think there was a plague and they wouldn't go into this area of the hospital under quarantine, but it was all fake to save Italian Jews. And they saved oh hundreds, oh they saved hundreds of lives. And so it's that, it's that kind of thing. Like, again, seeing the beauty that can come out of the darkness and, and that the aspect of how one life, one experience through the war can, ex can then ex I guess affect so many other lives and how each one of those people, they were in the same place, but they saw a different experience through the war. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. I'm in Italy, 1943. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. I know it's so funny because we're often like in this real world and then we're in a different part of history. And sometimes my kids will walk up and they'll be talking to me. It takes me a minute to realize like, wait, there's a real person standing here talking to me because my mind is in this other time and place. But I also think what a beautiful thing that we get to through story kind of live those experiences, even though, you know, they're through research or whatever, but I mean, I, I feel like they, they've come alive in me as I write them and I'm able to share these true experiences and get them onto the page for others, which is, is just a joy. Yeah, very true. For the Paris Dressmaker, we actually took the inspiration from real stories of women who defied the Nazis with fashion and with fine art. And so we expanded upon that. And the funny thing, every time I leave the house to go to the coffee shop, I just tell my husband, okay, bye, I'm going to Paris 1944. And, <laughs> and he'll say, okay, I'll see you later. Have fun. And he knows exactly where I'm going, exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to the coffee shop to write. <laughs> I love that. Well, I've actually been to Paris in 2000 um, with two of my writer friends, Cindy Coloma and Anne DeGraff. They were both researching for books and they, they said, come along. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> like and this is my first international trip. And I just remember being in Paris and, um, you know, I mean, my clothes that I thought I picked out my best to be in Paris look so shabby <laughs> once we were in Paris. But I remember us driving along in Anne's car and there's this woman on the side walk walking a poodle like just how you picture on this very fancy street right. and there is this like fur coat and fur hat and high heels and she's walking this poodle and just elegant elegant and as we pass I turned to look at her face 
and she had to be like 85 years old. I mean, she, and I'm thinking, wow, so thin and elegant. And, you know, I, I wish I could have stopped her and like, tell me about your life. It probably would have been something like the Paris dressmaker. But just, I mean, just being there and seeing their love of that beauty and their love of that elegance. And it was actually um, during the time when you could still go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. So me and Cindy went to the top of the Eiffel Tower and um, just an amazing experience. But it is so fun that we get, we can, we can live in Paris. We can be in Paris <laughs> through our fiction writing. Yeah, absolutely. And I have an art history research writing degree. So for years, I studied, of course, I mean, where else would you study about the art about Paris, but I have not yet physically been to Paris. So I cannot wait. Actually, I get to go this year. So I can, you know, we can chat about that if you want, but I get the opportunity. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I have partnered with author fan travel, and they specialize in taking readers along to the sites in a novel with the the author who created it. So we have a Christy Cameron Paris experience. I can't even believe I get to say that, but I'm so excited. (laughs) In August of this year, where readers will get to go along with me and we get to see all of the scenes in the novel. So we will see the Chanel salon, where it was as it was in World War II. We, of course, will go to the Louvre. We're going to go to a Paris fashion show, but then also some of the the darker areas, right? Mm -hmm. Like here is the Shoah Memorial in Paris. And we're going to go see that because the book does incorporate the the Holocaust and how that affected the French Jews. And then there is also a new French resistance museum. And we're going to go see that. We're going to go to the catacombs because some of my scenes are actually set with the French resistance in the catacombs under the city. And so, yeah, just the opportunity to go and walk in the footsteps of history, again, similar to verse mapping, taking a story and making it come alive. We actually have the opportunity to do that with readers. So if you're interested, you can go to my website or um, go to authorfantravel.com and you can check out how you can go on that trip with me. Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, I think all of us are just ready to get out of the house anyway. So bye. Yeah, Paris. The whole yes, thing. Please. Go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I just remember, I mean, the food and every, I mean, just such a fun experience. We were only there two days because we were traveling all over as they were researching for their books. But such fond memories of Paris. You're just going to have a wonderful time. And what a joy for all those readers <laughs> going with you. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet everyone. And I've been told that on trips like this, they all kind of become friends for life. And so I'm looking so looking forward to making friends with readers and we get to experience. And and if I do act like a kid at Christmas, I apologize now because I will be so excited to see Paris and to see it for the first time. It'll it'll be like that. Like and we'll just we're just like that as Americans anyway. <laughs> I just right. remember being at the the top of the Eiffel Tower with Cindy and we're trying to be like so just great and I hear someone yell out in English hey Marge come and look at this and I'm like oh we Americans like we yes. just you know, if we get excitable and we stand out and it's okay like it's okay yeah absolutely that that will be me yeah, hey Marge come over here <laughs> Oh, well, Christy, I just have loved talking to you today. I mean, so many things that I love. I I love your verse mapping Bible. I cannot wait to have the whole thing in my hand. Um, I'm looking forward to the Paris dressmaker. I'm excited about your trip to Paris and all God is doing. So um, thank you for being here. And just what a joy to just see how God is using you and working in your life. 
Thank you so much. I've loved the opportunity. And if your listeners want to connect with our verse mapping community, we make it super easy. Just go to versemapping.com and then you can just find me at christycambrin.com or uh, Christy Cambrin on social media. And I will love to connect with you in any of those spaces. Awesome. And we'll make sure to have all the links um, in the show notes. But Christy, thank you so much for being here. Well, friend, I just love talking to Christy so much. It's such a joy. And I think, I mean, we could just go on all day because we have the same love for scriptures. We have the same love for family and for history, World War II history. Um, And even after we got done chatting, Christy talked about how um, the book I talked about, Chasing Mona Lisa, actually encouraged her when she was an aspiring writer, knowing that art and history and a relationship with God can all tie into a novel. So that is super fun. And I think that's why I just feel like such a kindred spirit with her, that we can take these joys, these things that we enjoy, this history that is so meaningful, and we can bring those things to life. And whether it is through Bible study and imagining the time and the period and how our lives can apply or whether it is through fiction and taking true stories and weaving them into tales that that often cause readers to look at their own lives and consider their own heart. Um, I think it's just a wonderful that God has called us to these areas. And um, I'm just so excited about all God is doing with Christy and that trip to Paris. I have to say, it sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> if anyone is interested, like Christy said, you could just go to authorfantravel.com or go to Christy's website. I mean, I'm very tempted. I don't think my family, I don't think my family let me go without them. Them, but you know, it sounds pretty fun. Now, today's Walk It Out scripture is Romans 15 4, and this is from the ESV version, the English Standard Version. And it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And I thought of that verse, and I love it so much because this is what verse mapping does. It takes what was written for our instruction, and it teaches us that we can endure, and we can be encouraged, and we can find hope in the scriptures. You know, these aren't just stories um, that of people that lived a long time ago through biblical history, but they're stories that people's lives and God's work in people's lives can apply to our own lives. And I love how Christy talked about that last part of verse mapping is just how do we apply this to ourselves? How do we look at God's word and think, how can I walk this out? And that really was my goal behind my book, Walk It Out. That was my goal behind this podcast is that I'm interviewing people and I'm introducing them and we're hearing their stories and hearing what God is doing in their lives. But in every interview, there's a time where they feel, like Christy said, called to obedience, called to follow God. And that usually comes as we draw close to him as we're in scripture, as we're seeking him for wisdom and guidance for our lives. As we sit down with God's word, these are not dead words on the page. They're words that God uses to work in our hearts through his Holy Spirit to show us how to live different lives, how to gain wisdom, how to love others, how to forgive, how to 
um, be kind, how to be patient. All these things are, are things that we can apply apply to our own lives. And that's what I love about verse mapping. I'm very excited about doing it as part of our homeschool journey. I know we've read the Bible, we've written in prayer journals. And when I get this whole Bible in my hands, I'm very excited to use it with my kids to teach them how to first study scripture, how to learn more about the meaning behind some of these words, um, how to picture what was happening during that time, that place, and then how to apply it and walk it out in their lives. So let me just pray for all of us um, and that we might be faithful. So dear Lord, I just thank you, first of all, so much for Christy. Thank you for all you are doing in her life. Thank you for just this, um, this guide that she has given us through verse mapping so that we may draw closer to you and that your word may become alive and real in our lives in ways um, that we never imagined. I thank you that through her faithfulness and seeking your word, she has given us these tools that can help us in our individual walks. And it's just a joy to see how God is using her and working through her. And I pray that you'll continue to bless her work, whether it's fiction or Bible studies, that you'll just bless her work and bless her families and help her to be obedient, as I also pray to help me be obedient in following you. Help us all, every one of us, um, whether it's me or Christy or the listeners, to just be willing to sit down, to seek your wisdom, and to be obedient. And I know, Lord, that these words that you have given us in your scriptures are for our good, for our instruction, for our encouragement, that we may learn how to live in difficult times and difficult places. May we be faithful to sit down and we, I know you will be faithful to guide us and teach us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. It is such a joy for me to sit down and to chat with friends and to connect even in the middle of a a day that I spend homeschooling and playing games with my kids and cooking dinner and cleaning. And I still, this is recorded um, at the the beginning of January. I still need to put away my Christmas stuff. So (laughs) there's a lot of to-dos, but I'm so thankful that I get a pause in the middle of those to-dos and to connect with people, to hear their hearts, to give them an avenue to share what God is doing in their lives and to bring encouragement. If you are encouraged, be sure to share this podcast with your friends. We always have graphics in the show notes. So you can go to the show notes at walkitoutpodcast.com. For every guest that I interview, we have information about the guests, the links to everything they share, but we also have graphics that have quotes from the guests that you can share to Facebook, you can share to Pinterest, um, and that you can encourage each other, encourage others to tune in and to be inspired in their lives. I really appreciate it when you do. So friends, have a wonderful week and may you be blessed. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.